Now in theaters, the New York Times, the Los Angeles Times, Entertainment Weekly, USA Today, and critics everywhere are feeling the love for Book Club. It's a four-star delight. Let me introduce you to Christian Grey. Oh, no. Oh, wow. Audiences everywhere are cheering for the funniest movie of the year. And now everyone can join the party. Diane Keaton, Jane Fonda, Candace Bergen, and Mary Steenburgen. Happy reading, ladies. Book Club, directed by Bill Holderman. Rated PG-13. Maybe inappropriate for children under 13. Now play. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Nurtured Heart Approach June 2018 podcast. I'm Stephanie Rule, your host for today, and our topic this month is the first of a three-part series to help you notch up NHA. Today, we will tackle Notching Up NHA Mastering Stand 1. We are going to dive into exploring the first of the three stands of the Nurtured Heart Approach. Absolutely no, refusing to energize negativity. We would love for you to subscribe to our podcast through iTunes or Blog Talk Radio so you can receive notifications about new episodes every month. You can find the Children's Success Foundation on social media by searching CSF is Greatness. You can explore our website, childrensuccessfoundation.com, to find a, new, a trainer near you, or if you're ready to notch up your understanding of NHA to even deeper levels, you can register for an upcoming Certification Training Intensive, or CTI. There are currently still spots open for the five-and-a-half-day training with the creator of NHA, Howard Glasser, in Minneapolis and West Orange this summer. I hope to see you there. Before getting into the nitty-gritty of our podcast today, I would like to introduce myself and today's guest. I am Stephanie Rule, a trained school counselor and advanced trainer in the Nurtured Heart Approach. I also work for the Children's Success Foundation to steward the work of the Nurtured Heart Approach around the world. I'm a wife and a mother of two creative, caring, and loving children, and all together we live in a Nurtured Heart household. Now, I have the honor of sharing space today with one of our certified NHA Advanced Trainers, Paula Wick. Paula taught elementary school for 34 years, and she currently consults with schools and families, energizing educators and parents using the Nurtured Heart Approach. She named her company Shine From Within Consulting, believing the Nurtured Heart Approach gives us tools to be our best selves and that we connect well with others when we can access our own inner light. Paula knows the importance of relationship and the value of dedicated and passionate human service providers, educators, parents, and youth. Welcome, Paula. Thank you. I'm You're welcome. I'm honored. Yes. Yeah. I, I feel the same, exactly the same way. I really am delighted, and I really am feeling honored to be able to share some wavelengths with you today. All right. So, well, I have a huge smile on my face, but I hope you can hear uh, that. Yay. I do hear it. So, Paula, let's take a quick minute before we dive into our discussion today about Stand One, and let's share um, just a quick thumbnail definition of what NHA is. I would love to hear your perspective. In your own words, how do you describe the Nurtured Heart Approach to somebody who is just hearing about it for the first time? Um. I love this question, and mm-hmm. it, it tends to change for me. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I'm going to steal Howie's words um, right off the bat and say it's a gratitude practice. 
Mm. Um, that really resonates with me. Um, I find it a way of life, and um, it's all about choice and how I use and respond or how we use and respond to relational energy. And um, so then the three stands guide us there. And mm. um, our focus today, the whole notion of, you know, acknowledging and thoughtfully responding to negativity um, is an ongoing challenge because negativity is real. Um, mm-hmm. Then using our ability to use the other stands um, to confront negativity um, mm-hmm. by creating positivity and having clarity with boundaries is is my nutshell or my, my thumbnail. So and that's I all love based, that. based, based on values. I love the um, confronting negativity with the positivity piece. I love that. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. that will lead us into our, you know, our next month's conversation about stand two. Um, so uh, thanks for sharing that. Mm-hmm. Um, as we dive into our discussion about our focus today on stand one, I, one of my favorite questions to answer in all of the trainings I do is this one. And I want to hear what you, how you respond to it, if you don't mind, Paula. But how sure. do you explain to people what it means to take a stand on something. Ooh. Um, yeah, I usually use my body uh, when I'm, I'm doing this one. And I am firm. I am strong. I am um, and, and relaxed at the same time. So then I've got, um, I, I've, I'm agile, I, I think, is a part of the firmness. Um, because in addition to being ready, um, there's a there's a flexibility and a, um, gracefulness involved in in taking a stand, um, but it's all rooted in values and um, kind of that long term big idea vision of of what we want out of life, um, and that's that's a big picture. But then it's also then kind of a zoom in to this moment and um, how do I want to live my values right now so stand I'm, I'm all over the place it's firm um and flexible mm-hmm. yeah firm and yeah i like that firm and flexible in in what you believe in taking you know it's like mm-hmm. we believe in things in our lives so we have to take a stand mm-hmm. for those things that we believe in right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so you know that rigidity I, mm-hmm. if, if I can go further, you know, that rigidity, if, if, if firm is too, like, entrenched, it becomes brittle and and um, um, easily broken. And that's why I add the flexibility in there, because we have to have give and sway. Um, mm-hmm. That doesn't mean wishy-washy. Right. Right. It does not mean wishy-washy. I like that. I like that clarity. <laughs> Um, Yeah, so, you know, the three stands, that's kind of the foundation of the Nurtured Heart approach, right? And so I wanted to hear about what it means to take a stand because that's what we're talking about. With our three stands here, we're taking a stand on something that we believe in that's important to us, um, our children's lives, right? 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And building their inner wealth. So um, let's talk about what stand one is before we get into some of these um, frequently asked questions that we're going to address today. What mm-hmm. Do you want to describe what stand one is? Well, um, yeah, the, the refusal to energize negativity. Mm-hmm is is the you know the basic um uh the, the verbiage but the, the the meaning of that is um to have a recognition that life is not perfect and that um there will be challenges problems situations um and plenty of negativity that we have to make mindful choices about as we um, you know, navigate an imperfect world. Mm-hmm. So it's, stand one is about the pause and the um, the recognition that we have a choice in every moment about how we respond to what life throws at us. Mm-hmm. Beautifully said. We have a choice in every moment. We get to choose how we're going to respond mm-hmm. and what we're going to respond to. And stand mm-hmm. one is all about not responding to that negativity, mm-hmm. that negative energy, that negative behavior, mm-hmm. whatever it might be, um, is make, taking that stand, right? That we're not going mm-hmm. to give mm-hmm. our relationship. We're not going to show up mm-hmm. relationally speaking or energetically speaking mm-hmm. for our kids right. or for anybody when that negativity right. is, is there. Yeah. Right. Wow. Right. I love this. I love talking about stand one because it's the, probably I would say the most difficult stand to really get a grasp on, even though it's so simple. (laughs) It seems so simple. The concept is so simple, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, and and yet it can't stand without the other two. So it's Mm -hmm. hard to talk about in isolation because the frequent question is, yeah, okay. So if I'm not going to energize negativity, what am I going to do? Um, Mm -hmm. and, um, yeah. Well, that was a perfect lead in to, um, the questions that have been submitted to us. So we had some questions, excuse me, um, submitted to us from the community, Mm -hmm. of frequently asked questions from regarding stand Mm -hmm. one. And, Mm um, I, I, I figured, you know what, why don't we pose these questions on our podcast and, shed some clarity for people on and give them some, some understanding of what these, how to use stand one to mm-hmm. the best of their ability. So um, that being said, I think we should dive into these questions. How do you feel about that? Yes. Yes. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. So question number one that we received is this, even if I am not giving attention and energy to negative behavior, how do I prevent other kids in the classroom from doing so when there are so many of them and just one of me? Hmm. Well, kids are, um, yeah, kids are seeking a relationship. And um, so if they're um, not getting it from the adults in the room, um, it certainly makes sense that they would want to get it from the others in the room. So I think going into this question, I think a lot about, um, you know, how we're wired to connect. And um, the 
the reality of many classrooms is that there's a um, a sense of of um, wanting control, and um, that's a topic that that we have to really examine because um, it gets us into to some um, difficult situations if mm-hmm. the adult is the the person who feels like he or she must must be the the um, control the control. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I address this question mostly around the classroom culture that we need to um, cultivate, and that involves student ownership. And so it's it's addresses the whole idea of who controls and how we share the um, responsibility for what happens in the room. So a lot of this this question gets at, um, you know, we don't want to prevent, I, I, I mean, yes, there are things we want to, um, you know, uh, avoid, so that's preventing. But the idea of... Um, getting into that prevention mode right away shows, ooh, I want to control. So how do we guide the energy of that control? I don't know. It might, might be mincing words here. But if we can um, get shared values within a classroom and agree to those and um, examine our ability to live those by energizing ourselves when we do um, um, display the the shared values and fixing and making it right when we don't because inevitably there will be problems. Um, But to have a reflective classroom in which we share ownership, I think, supports these situations when somebody shifts the energy toward inappropriate behavior and the other kids may join in um, what do we do? I think we need to acknowledge that that's, that's a, a moment and that we have a constitution or a you know, set of rules that we shift our attention back to and, um, and reflect as a class to get ourselves back on track, um, sometimes through a full class reset. Um, mm-hmm. But that um, we need the kids' ownership as a collective mm-hmm. in order to address a question like this. And that re- requires us to focus on developing classroom culture. Absolutely. It does take time. But that, cl- I mean, you're right. It's the classroom culture is so important. It's such an, a vital piece of uh, the answer to this question, um, mm-hmm. developing that classroom culture. Cause ha- I mean, part of that is that control piece you spoke to um, part of stand one believe it or not, mm-hmm. and I know you understand this, is about resetting yourself. The Absolutely. sort of inner peace to stand one. Because you can't yeah. not respond to negativity if you're all upset and frustrated and, and bubbling right. over on the inside. So that, right. you know, that can, going back to the piece that you spoke to about control and having to control, mm-hmm. the need, that need to control everything. I mean, a, in a teacher's um, role, there is a need mm-hmm. for control. There's a lot of control that they have to have. Yeah. But there's a yeah. certain there's a certain piece to that control that may not need to actually be there, and that might be that's the piece of resetting that we're speaking to of resetting yourself so that you cannot 
that you can be more successful and not giving that energy to stand one. I'm sorry, right. <laughs> energy to the negative behavior, negative. right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, exactly. And um, then in turn, when you're, when you're successful, truly, truly successful at not giving energy to that negative behavior, then the kids, you're modeling that for the kids. Right. And the kids right. see that. And that's, that's the most powerful way to teach people is through modeling, of course. Absolutely. And then it ties right back in to what you were talking about regarding the, 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 cult, the classroom culture, the mm-hmm. um, environment. And um, that's how you create that positive environment. It's the beginning stages of it, right? Right. Right. And then, you know, being able to acknowledge that we're learning and growing at different rates and have a variety of talents and skills and that, um, that, that we are um, celebrating some of the, the differences instead of samenesses that we bring so that um, it creates a sense of safety within, in the classroom, because I think that that's, um, that's our key, that we have to have a, a safe place in which to make mistakes. Um, right. And, you know, that feeds right into I've got to be the, 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 the mistake maker modeler so yeah. that um, kids get to see me recover and um, me keep trying or, right. um, you know, modeling, as you said, um, and teaching mm-hmm. through examples because that's the best way to, to teach the approach is to be the approach. Exactly, yes. Mm, that's a perfect way to end our discussion on that first question, I think. I like that. Let's go ahead and, and um, mm-hmm. respond to the second question. So the second question is, my kid doesn't have bad behavior, just anxiety. So how will this help? Mm, that's a great yeah, question. I love this question. Um, yeah. First of all, it's it's so aligned with reading energy and um, mm-hmm. to have that awareness and to, um, you know, th- this person is already thinking about not framing it as negativity. Um, and yet sometimes the behaviors that anxiety, you know, that, that are demonstrations of anxiety um, can be misinterpreted. And, um, you know, whether it's refusal or um, that, that child who is really, really struggling to get started because of, um, you know, fear of failure or um, really just struggling to grab a thought or to, um, you know, get started. These are... Um, behaviors that can be so easily misinterpreted as defiance or um, something it, it, that is cast as negative. And um, mm-hmm. so this question really gets at, let's even take any behavior and, and shift it toward maybe it's communication and not, um, not negative or willful or um, mean-spirited. And, and, and anxiety is something that that gives us words to not take it personally. And a lot of times I think we take behaviors that we don't understand personally and and feel like we have to fix them instead of, um, you know, acknowledge that emotions are real and that um, children are usually communicating um, through their, their emotions, through their behavior, and that we have to 
kind of pick up where they are and um, acknowledge and then guide um, and then use past experience as an opportunity to reflect on successes so that we can, well, and in the moment, successes, um, but particularly with um, anxious kids to be able to reflect back to prior successes Mm-hmm. Um, that can that they can transfer to this moment to be able to um, take that first step toward um, whatever the challenge they're facing is. Mm-hmm. Right, and you know, I mean, any any time we show up relationally, when we or energetically, mm-hmm. <clears throat> we are growing. Whatever we are, mm-hmm. whatever the behavior or the emotion is that we're showing up for, right? So when when I come mm-hmm. into the room and I give my attention or my energy or my relationship yes. Yes. to anything, it doesn't matter what it is, it's going to demand more of that 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 um, behavior or the emotion that's coming out of the kid or whatever it might be. It's going to grow. That's right. going to water that, and the which creates growth. So you know, with stand one. Um, we treat it this, you know, the, the symptoms of anxiety, I, I would say we treat just the same as any other behavior you're going to see in that you don't, you don't particularly want to see more of, right? Sure. You know, so if a child is exhibiting behaviors of, of <clears throat> any kind of harmful behavior be, be, because of their anxiety that they're feeling on the inside, um, we don't want to be showing up for them at that time during that behavior. We want to help them figure out how to reset themselves. We want to teach them, I should say, how to reset themselves during those anxious times and anxious feelings that they're having, right? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, you're helping me think about this in terms of um, there's the librarian story um, mm. where a lot of times with anxiety, we tend to turn on a kind of a kind and loving, oh, honey, it'll be okay. Or if we have a, a child who comes home from school, we might say, how was it? Or sort of have this sort of underlying fear inadvertently delivered toward I get more relationships and energy and connection when I pose um, um the anxiety or that I can, um, that, that adults have to kind of be aware of, we don't want to feed, feed it, but we mm-hmm. do want to acknowledge the strength a child brings to tackling. And you, you, you mentioned resetting and, and um, knowing that yep, this is hard and, and here's how I'm handling myself mm. in hard situations so that we're supporting a child in, 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 um, Building from a sense of strength, so I think mm-hmm. our questions when we when we when we talk about anxiety is uh, or need to be around um, strength based and inner wealth. Um, how mm-hmm. how did you cope? How did you handle it? How did you um, you know bring your best self forward um, rather than that kind of uh, whimpering? How was it? Were you okay? Um, mm-hmm. And and um, so because that's an energy that kids pick up on, and you're going to see more Absolutely. of it if you mm-hmm. kind of I, I I guess the word coddle is coming to me 
mm-hmm. and and we have a tendency to want to soften it and um, instead of support a child in recognizing that their anxiety can actually serve as a strength because it's it's their body telling them something and we want right. to support them in getting to know what right. those feelings are so that they can use it well. Well, I, you, know, I, you know, I, I like the, the way you... Idea. Go ahead. Go ahead. I just like the way you answered not, that. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. The idea of not um, energizing negativity doesn't necessarily mean we repel it. And I think this question asks us to really breathe in the anxiety or or breathe in the the, the emotion mm-hmm. and then make make wise choices based on the information that we're receiving rather than kind of hold things at bay or yeah. kind of resist them. Um, that's that's kind of a hard concept, but I, I'm starting to get it. Um, Howard it talks a, a lot about breathing right? in the negativity. Mm-hmm. And then doing what with it? Because I think that's the piece. Like, people get, like, okay, I can breathe it in. Sure. Uh, yeah, I'll breathe it yeah, in all the time. Yeah. But what then? Right. What then? Now what? Right. Right. Well, um, um, I, I think as a little bit of a sit with it and, and to help ourselves and kids to know that it's, in, it's information and that with the pause comes, okay, there's, I'm feeling this and, um, it's an opportunity to connect the, the the brain with the emotion mm-hmm. to be able to make a thoughtful first step, and mm-hmm. um, and often with a thoughtful first step, you've got the 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 thoughtful is the brain and the, the informed by emotion. Uh, mm-hmm. But but a lot of times if we just run an emotion, we're not ex- accessing cognition, and hence negativity gets energized. If we can, right. inter you know interface some some brain and heart, then we we're going to make um, more careful choices. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, let's move on to the next question. Yes. So our next question is, how do I tease apart the difference between ignoring and not energizing negative behavior? This is a big question, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, we get this one a lot. Right. Um, well, you know, and we were kind of just talking about this in terms of that pause and that the, I think it's so much about the resetting of ourselves mm-hmm. and um, uh, acknowledging, yeah, I'm mad, I'm, I'm angry, and I don't have to um, squelch all of that. Um, and yet I have to make a conscious choice of if I want to make it worse or if mm-hmm. I want to stand with my values. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So the, I think resetting self, when I really feel like I just want to rail, um, has to be my first step. And then I can shift to positivity for the ability to, hey, I just caught myself breathing. Um, mm-hmm. When I could have 
um, used a, a litany of expletives, and that shows that I'm trying. And mm-hmm. that's one step closer to calmer than it is toward flying off the handle. Um, mm-hmm. And then if we do fly off the handle, we have to be prepared to make it right. And and then we go back to modeling the approach for kids. So I, right. I love the fact that perfection is not required. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. It, you know, I, I, I think about, um, I, I just love this question because it's such a important question with mm-hmm. nurtured heart because people really think um, when we say don't energize negative behavior, they, they translate that oftentimes into I need to ignore my child. Um, yeah. And for me, yeah. um, it's important to get that, get the difference across to people. I mean, it's a big difference. It's a very right. clear difference. You know, ignoring right. is when you, you turn your back, you walk away and during a negative moment, right? Yeah. But you yeah. don't come back. Right. You don't plug yourself back in to that energy when things get better. But with not energizing negative behavior, it's intentional what we're doing. We're not just right. walking away and shutting, shutting down our children. What we're doing is we're right. intentionally putting a pause on right. the connection, right? On that connectivity. Right. Right. We're pausing it. We're just pausing it until the very next moment when we see them being successful, right, or mm-hmm. taking baby mm-hmm. steps in the direction of being successful, and then we plug ourselves back in and we're right there with them again. It's that, like, it's that dance, right? That dance between um, I will not be here showing up for you when your behavior is negative, but Mm -hmm. as soon as it's not negative, I'm back in the game. I'm here with you, and you get all of me. Right. Yeah. Right. So so you're getting at the intentionality and at the modeling because – um, we want kids to be able to manage and and um, uh, display self-regulation, so manage their emotions right. and, and self-regulate. And if we want that from them, they need models and guides. So I think it's important that that they see people able to um, process. Uh, that upset and that frustrated mm-hmm. um, w- with the pause and to um, kind of guide them, guide the child um, through um, example. Um, because I think we make a lot of assumptions that kids understand how to navigate their emotions. And I right. honestly think it takes a lot more adult modeling than absolutely. Um, Absolutely. So we have two more questions, but the the last two I'm going to combine into one because they're very similar. And Mm -hmm. so our last question for today is this. How do I not give energy to negative behavior when I am so upset, so mad, so frustrated Mm -hmm. with my kid in the moment? Mm -hmm. We've already kind of answered this, but I think this is such um, an important piece that is also very difficult to wrap your mind around with stand mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. Do you have any, you want to address this one? Well, I, I think a lot of it is, um, boy, if you're aware, 
if, if you're aware that, that you're upset and angry, that's an important time to congratulate um, and recognize mm-hmm. the, the pause and acknowledging because that's, that's the self-awareness we want our, our kids to be able to arrive at. Right, um, right. So, um, yeah, I, I think it, it starts there. Self-awareness mm-hmm. and then um, um, energizing some positivity within me. So I'm, you know, I have a choice and I decide I want to take the high road. That's time for me to go, wow, hey, okay. Um, so I, I can't say enough about uh, using proactive recognitions on ourselves. That being, okay. I could have just... And instead, I paused, and that mm-hmm. says love. Mm. I like that. That's beautiful. And you're right. And you know what? In the beginning of this conversation, you said something about how it's really difficult to talk about each stand on its own um, mm-hmm. because they they do they all work in tandem with one another. Um, mm-hmm. And I think this question really brings that to light again because how how much they really do work in tandem and how you can't do stand one without doing stand two and without doing stand three all at the same time, essentially. Um, Because, you know, in order to not give energy to negative behavior, you have to learn how to reset yourself. Yes. And you also have to, which is stand three, right? And then you also have, like you said, Paula, you have to know how to um, sort of change that inner dialogue from, which we all have, every single one of us has an inner dialogue. We have a tape going mm-hmm. in our in our mind mm-hmm. all the time, mm-hmm. right? And yep. how, you know, the question I like to ask people is how, what does your inner, your tape sound like? What does it sound like? Is it negative? Is it mostly negative? Mm-hmm. Or is it positive? Are you saying mm-hmm. kind things to yourself? Or are you constantly saying negative things and beating yourself up for every choice and decision and action you have? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of people would say, yeah, mostly my tape is, is negative. Um, so learning how to change that negative tape, that, that right. negative dialogue that you have, which is, speaks to what you were just saying um, mm-hmm. of using the, tech, the recognition, recognitions, giving yourself a positive recognition, which is stand two. So, again, in right. order to really, truly not give um, – energy to the negative behaviors when you're feeling extremely upset, you got to use all three stands. You got to learn how to reset yourself and you have to learn how to be, change that tape from being negative to kind inside your, your head. Such a good question. Right. I love that question. Yeah. I, it's, it's, uh, you talking is reminding me of, um, a guy in one of my trainings, a parent of three, um, in the middle, he goes, this isn't really about, working with your kids this is about yourself and you should really advertise this class differently you get a lot more people if you just said it was it was a a a good way to learn to be Mm. (laughs) um and it's it's so personal and and then by by using the approach on ourselves then we show up as better people for our kids Uh, you could not have said that better I mean, you really, truly could not have said that better. That's so, that is so real and genuine. It, it is all about using the three stands on ourselves. 
in order to show up in a positive way and be able to make those healthy connections that we so desire to make with our kids. Right. Right. Yeah. Wow. What a great conversation. I wish we had more yeah. questions because, gosh, I feel like we could talk, answer these questions. I just love talking about Stand One. I love Stand One. I love, I love mm-hmm. talking about how important and vital it is to uh, not only not give energy to negative behavior, but also mm-hmm. learning how to um, to reset yourself to a new default, mm-hmm. right? Right. Of, of, right, of not having that negative self-talk. Right. It's not just about, like you said, it's not just about our kids and not not giving attention to their negative behavior. It's also mm-hmm. about not giving attention to our own negative behavior or thoughts. Right. Mm-hmm. One of the things that um, I, w- I want to be, first of all, how are we on time? Can, oh, can we're, I, we're, we're just fine. Okay. I want to um, address a, a classroom element that I think um, is, is really key to uh, stand one, but again, it weaves all the stands together, and that is um, the importance of planning and um, and yet it, it, planning with flexibility. And I, one of the things I found um, could could evoke negativity from me um, as a teacher was often planning so well that I had this vision of how things would go, and then mm-hmm. I would think my directions were so clear. And then the students would give me, like, confusion or, like, it would start unraveling in a way that I didn't, quote, unquote, see coming. And um, learning how to, this goes back to what I said at the very beginning, that whole flexibility within the stance of mm-hmm. having planned it well and yet having the flexibility to use the student feedback in order to move, move with the activity. Um really helped me think more about stand one. So as a teacher, being well-planned and flexible allowed me not to have student resistance sort of railroad me into, you know, they don't like the activity or they weren't listening or sort of that blame that we as teachers can, well, and parents can easily get, get to um, because we put our heart and soul into thinking that we have this awesome lesson. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so, so absolutely planning helps, but then uh, it is critical. And yet being aware that you need your student input on it um, and, and using their resistance as opportunity for input rather than as negativity or criticism. Mm. Right. Um, and then inviting kids in to the process of, so these are the directions. Can you offer anything else that will add clarity, that will support the transition, that will, you know, things that might create some struggles for us so that we're all on board as an activity, um, you know, gets started? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, Go ahead. Yeah, I just I I wanted to make sure that I touched on some of the the real yeah. stuff in the classroom. I I'm um, glad you did. I'm glad you did. I think it's so it's so vital. There, you know, there's um 
a, a, a huge need um, to support the classroom environment. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm glad you touched mm-hmm. on that. And you know what? It, this is a perfect, perfect ending to our conversation because I think that this discussion, in, within this discussion, that you were able to provide our listeners with so many um, tangible tools for how they can implement Stand One um, in their mm-hmm. classrooms or at home. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is that time to wrap up our conversation. So, Paula, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, thank you, thank you, and for sharing oh, your experiences welcome. and your <clears throat> excuse me, your wisdom <clears throat> in using the Nurtured Heart approach and Stand One. I'm honored to have shared this space with you today. And for our listeners out there, check out our website, childrensuccessfoundation.com, for more information on trainings and um, in your area and free resources. Thanks so much, everybody. See you next time. <laughs>